and queens thank you for tuning in to another episode of saved sanctified and still trying to get it together it's your girl ashley denise and for those of you who are tuning in for the first time the overall message of saved sanctified and still trying to get it together is that wherever you are on your journey or getting to know christ when your intentions are pure you are pleasing in god's eyes again when your intentions are pure that's p-u-r-e you are pleasing in God's eyes. So first of all, first things first, before we get into whatever we're going to be talking about today, y'all need to get out there and vote. I'm glad that my episode four is dropping like literally the weekend before election day. I hope some of us have already voted. Shout out to y'all for the early voting. But listen, our ancestors did not lay their lives down for us to be just sitting here complicit and complacent about what is going on in the world. We don't have time for the thoughts of my vote doesn't count, the logisticals. There were people out there with black and brown skin who lost their lives, literally, who were attacked by dogs, who were hosed down for the right to vote and the right for many other things. Secondly, before we get into what's happening today, send your prayers out to the family of the young man in Philly. His name is escaping me right now, um, who is suffering from a mental health issue and had his life taken from him um, by police. Keep his family uplifted in prayer and for all of my mental health professionals, for everybody who's out there setting a tone and setting a message that it's, time, it's our time to take our freedoms back, to take our magic back, stay prayed up. If you need somebody to talk to, seek therapy, seek wise counsel, pray, fast, whatever it is that you need to do, I encourage you to do it. However, I don't want to keep you guys long, but I just had to acknowledge those two things because those have been very heavy on my heart and on my mind um, during this season that we're in. Now, without further ado, I would like to talk about the two guests that I'm bringing on today and the topic that we're going to be talking about, which is Christian entrepreneurship, okay? This summer, I just had a Bring Back Black Wall Street event. Um, it's so important to me to support small businesses, to support Black-owned businesses, and make sure that we're putting dollars back into our community. And so I brought on a husband and wife duo. Uh, both are CEOs of the clothing line, the Black luxury clothing line, um, Black-owned luxury clothing line, excuse me, Free the Souls, fire pieces, quality pieces, and literally 
led by two dope individuals who love God. I'm telling y'all, they inspire me so much. Um, it's not even funny. So without further ado, get your pens, get your pads, get your notes open on your phone if you're on your way to work. And I really want you to get into what it means to be an entrepreneur led by Christ. Because for me, without God, it all makes sense to try to do anything because he's already written the plans. Jeremiah 29 and 11, he got the plans and they're for good. They're not for evil. So it all makes sense trying to plan something outside of him. And that's my opinion, <laughs> honey. Um, but yeah, sit back, relax, uh, and get into what it means to be a Christian entrepreneur. Peace. What's up, kings and queens? It's your girl, Ashley Denise. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Save, Sanctified, and Still Trying to Get It Together. You already heard the mission, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in on today's topic, which is Christian entrepreneurship. And I have a duo with me today, a husband and a wife, relationship goals, get on that, um, Amanda and Deshaun Robinson. I'll let them, you know, introduce themselves more formally, because um, who knows you, who knows you better than yourself. Um, so I'll allow them to introduce themselves, and then we're going to jump into Christian entrepreneurship and get into this bag. Yo, what's good? It's Deshaun Robinson. Some of y'all that's listening might know me as Redeem, um, owner and CEO, co-owner and CEO of Free the Souls Clothing LLC. Um, yeah, and a believer, minister of God's word, uh, rapper, singer, producer, you know, all that stuff. Thank you, sis, for having us with you. Uh, my name is Amanda, as she stated, uh, co-owner of Free the Souls Clothing, LLC, believer, wife, mother, student. We wear many hats. We grinding. And yeah, thank you for having us. Of course, all that, all that. I hope y'all caught all of that, okay? Um, so today we're talking specifically about Free to Souls. Um, it's a fire, fire luxury clothing brand. Um, I have a, I have a few shirts. I want a shirt. What's that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I just want to kick it off with like you know everybody's out here, especially with this pandemic, trying to like start their own business specifically like black and brown folks we just out here trying to like promote generational wealth and things of that nature so i want to know like what inspired free the souls um i i actually had a dream um i had a dream and in the dream i, I felt like god was speaking to me i just heard this like voice i didn't see a figure but i heard a voice um and it started almost like a puzzle. First it was like free, then it was like free souls. Then it was like free the souls. And it was like coming together in the dream. And then I woke up out of my sleep. It's like two, three in the morning. And then I just kept hearing it ring. It's like free the souls, free the souls, free the souls, free the souls clothing. I was like, whoa, whoa. I ain't with that. Cause I like nice clothes, but I know what goes into making good clothes and I wasn't really trying to commit myself to that with all that my wife and I have going on with parents, 
Um, we uh, are both in school now, um, but at the time I was working full time um, as a dean at a middle school in Brooklyn. So, you know, you're talking a lot on the plate. Um, I also do music. So it was just really tough to think about grappling on that. You know what I mean? Doing merch is one thing that's connected to your music and to your brand. It kind of, you know, that's pretty simple. You print out some T-shirts and you do what you got to do. Get some merchandise for, for your concert to sell. But I really didn't like the idea of doing clothing, to be real with you. But I got a taste for it and I got an eye for it. Um, and at the time, we were able to connect it to some other things that were going on in society. There were a lot of misrepresentation of black people um by luxury brands um i ain't gonna call them out but we know what was going on um through a lot of brands that was black facing they had clothes that had like nooses on them and stuff like that um and, and all kinds of crazy um the monkeys you know just crazy stuff um to represent black people um a lot of cultural appropriation and things like that um or misappropriation if you want if you would put it that way too um and we saw a need in the clothing market for um, black designers to be the ones that give people with somewhat of a nice taste or expensive taste, give them quality, but quality that won't ever misrepresent them. You know what I mean? And that's what we're committed to. There will be messages involved. There will be spiritually empowering things involved. Um, and we never want there to be the possibility of you being mis misrepresented by something you love to wear. You know what I mean? I know there's people that, you know, there's great designers out here, a lot of creative people, but they just don't have the right people in their corners and on their boards to, to truly speak to the diversity and the complexity of the black experience. So when they come into our hood and they see, you know what I mean? My grandmother carrying that big pl plastic plaid bag that she's using to put all her groceries in, but then y'all take it and y'all put your label on it. And now it's $4,000. It's like, yo, you don't even understand the experience connected to that bag. Like my grandmother is struggling with that wick or somebody's mother's out there struggling with that big, y'all know that big plaid bag that the old people be carrying. Yeah. You know that checkered bag that I'm talking about. And it's really, um, uh, it's really, a bag that's being resold with a label of a luxury brand on it. And it's about $4,000. You know what I mean? I've seen, I've, I've gone to very, very high end fashion shows and I've seen do rags that, you know what I mean? Are going for $300 going for $250 when they don't even realize that's a statement for our brothers. Our brothers was wearing them joints. You know, that was a staple in our hood. And a lot of times they trying to get their ways, right? That's a, that's like a rite of passage as a young man. You know, get your 360s right to go to school. Your sneakers might be run down. Your shirt might be old. Your jeans might be raggedy, but you walk in that school, you got some 360s. Like, I work for that. That's that's a staple. <laughs> and that experience is just something they're not connected to. You know what I mean? And I think there was just a lot of misrepresentation of people of color um, and the things that we made popular, things that we made fashionable, just like we do with everything, right? Um, and And... Because of that, we saw a need. We saw a need. So I took what God gave me um, and I connected it to a need that I saw around me. Um, and we began to do research and um, and then we started. So, yeah, that's how we came about. That's dope. When you first said, I have a dream, I was like, all right, come through Martin Luther King. Um, Ew. 
Um, but that's dope, you know. Um, just for me, like when I think about like launching this podcast, like there's so many things in my mind. Like I see so many people doing it, you know. I see people whose platforms are their following is like humongous. And I like can easily get discouraged. And I can imagine that it's the same, like launching a business, a luxury brand, and then having people um, kind of second guess your work. So I, I want to know, like, is that a challenge that you have faced? Mm-hmm. Um, or like what, it, like, what is that journey like as far as like getting through the doubt and the fear and the discouragement and things of that nature? Um. Yeah, it's definitely something. I think anything that's supposed to be something great, it has to have challenge. You know what I mean? Like people that's in the best shape in the world got that way because they had to push through a weight being too heavy or they had to push through the treadmill wearing their legs out. Like you're not going to get the best results without challenge. Resistance is what creates muscle. And that's in anything. You know what I mean? That's in your spirit. That's in business. It has to have some resistance to create a, a stamina for it. Um, so that you don't break down under pressures. Um, and if you expect it to come too easy, then it's probably not the thing that you really want to do. The thing you really want to do is going to require your commitment and your drive. Um, as far as like just the, the popularity, the notoriety, I mean, we're still building, you know what I mean? We're only a year in and some change in. Um, and, and I expect it to be built and slow cooked. I don't want anything microwaved um, and then create a demand that, we can't upkeep, you know what I mean? I want to continue to build and do it the right way. Now, obviously, if favor comes and we get investors or sponsors that want to do things for us that we can manage the right way, then, of course, we'll take it and I won't speak against it. But I also know there's danger in getting somewhere too soon, you know what I mean? Um, Premature children are put in the NICU because they have a higher rate of death. The possibility is higher because they came out earlier. So like if you if you come out too soon, if you get big too soon or if you 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 birth too soon, it's danger in that. But people don't have that kind of wisdom or that kind of patience in this generation. You know what I'm saying? So like I I see it out there, but um, I'm going to share a quick story with you. And I don't know if my wife wants to speak to this point or she want to take the next question. But um, there's a story in the Bible, Second um, Kings, um, where the prophet Elisha. He's about to die. He's on his sick bed. The Bible says he was sick until death. Um, But there was this king who really needed Elisha's advice on something. And he's like, yo, I I know you're about to die. But listen, my horsemen, my armies, my chariots, like pretty much what had happened was the thing that was before him, he had he had like disobeyed God and lost so much of his resource that now the king that succeeds him doesn't have the amount of soldiers and the amount of chariots that he needs. And he goes to Elisha like, yo, how am I supposed to fight when I don't have what I need to go out there and fight? He's looking at the numbers. He's looking at the popularity. He's looking at the, 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 the census of the army that he's about to fight. But then Elijah points to what's in his hand and he has a bow and an arrow. And he's like, shoot it out the window. You know what I mean? And he pretty much encourages him to use what you have and not worry about what everybody else has not worry about the numbers that everybody else has, not worry about. And I kind of apply that in our business. Like, yeah, they're really successful businesses, but I don't know what they did to get there. They probably quit their jobs to get there. They probably sacrificed certain meals to get there. They probably did more hours of research than we did, right? Like I can't equate somebody's outcome and assume their input. I can't equate their outcome to 
the input I think it's supposed to have because it might have taken more than I think. You know what I mean? So what I like to do is I like to assess what we have based on the amount of work we put in and then pray over it and let God do the rest that we don't have the strength or the resources to do. You know what I mean? So I think that discouragement gets overcome when you realize everything don't come overnight. And even if it looked like this overnight, somebody probably made some type of sacrifice that you don't even know they had to make. They probably paid more for guidance and mentorship. They probably went to more conventions and sacrificed time with their family. I don't know what they gave gave up. So I can't get discouraged because their outcome is better. I just got to know what they did to put in. And if I'm willing to do that, I'll get that outcome. Or I'm going to get the outcome that's connected to my input and my prayer and my determination. So I kind of like override that discouragement with with my own work ethic and saying I'll get it in my time if I do what I'm supposed to do. Hey, that's nice. to back off of that. Um, of course, the intimidation can be there, and we are grateful for the support of our family and friends who, you know, are pre-order items or you know, purchase as soon as you know the day it drops and things like that, or share a post in their Instagram stories. Um, you know, taking business cards, telling other family and friends and coworkers about the brand. But um, I think just our main focus is to stay true to our brand and trust that the growth will come. So our main focus is to give uh, black and brown people a quality luxury clothing, then that's where our energy is going. We are going to put in the research to um, find the fabrics and the materials that are going to give them the quality that we say we're going to give them. And, we just trust that things will grow and expand and we'll reach the people that need to be reached. But right now our main focus is not necessarily expansion. It's just to be true to the brand and give out the product, the quality product that we say we're going to get. Period. 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 That was it. I I mean, (laughs) that's, that's it. I think, and I say that all the time, like with, with our own spiritual journeys, like a lot of times, like in the beginning of my spiritual journey, I was looking at YouTube videos of people's journeys. And I'm like, okay, this is how I have to look. This is what I need to do. Maybe I need to stop doing that. And like, just saying at the end of the day, like I have to put in my own work and I'm not going to get the same results as whenever I'm watching. And so like, I think that's so powerful um, to say, like, even in your business, yes, we look to people for advice, but not necessarily to be like, you know, like to not to emulate them. Like I'm just trying to get some segue into my own my own um some guidance, right. Right. So I think that's I think that's so dope. I wanna kinda go back to um what you said, Deshaun, about it being a dream, right? So like I'm somebody who's always asking people who are like prophetic or when people say that you know God speaks to them and stuff, I go, how do you know that that's God and not yourself? Um and so, like, how are you able to discern that free the souls was something from God? I mean, you kind of answered this, so I'm I'm kind of like making you repeat yourself. But like, for somebody who's like questioning, like, just like very broadly, how do they know that something that is being said to them is coming from God and not just like an impulse? If that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's a great question. That's a great question, and it's a question that takes time. Um, to, to, to discern. I think, I think if I, if I'm addressing a spiritual fan base, if I'm addressing, um, um, believers who are struggling with this, I think 
my conversation sounds a little bit different because um, there's a basis there, right? There's a there's some foundation of spirituality and relationships. So when I use certain terms or colloquialisms, it like it resonates and it translates well because you know what I'm talking about, right? So for me, um, I think it's a couple things. I think one, hearing his voice, it comes with the word of God. So like if I'm talking to a spiritual fan base, hearing his voice is connected to his word. And the book of Jeremiah says that um, he watches over his word. So if there's no word in us, we're not giving God anything to watch over. There has to be something in us for him to work with, right? Like there has to be some word in us for him to, 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 to manage and to prosper, at, for him to grow and harvest with, right? Um, and then in Romans 10 and 17, it says that faith comes by hearing, but it says hearing comes by the word of God, right? So God doesn't usually speak outside of the confines of, of, of things that are connected to his word, right? So I think improving your reading life, improving your study life, improving the deposits of the words you put in, it makes you more susceptible to know when your spirit is speaking to you, right? It, but if you don't feed that, you tend to not know what it sounds like, right? Like you got to feed it to know, to connect to it. So like, you know, if, if, if my daughter is now five, right? I have two, one is five, one is three. I know their voices like the back. I could be outside and know it's my child. I can be on the phone, know the difference. I know who I'm talking to. I can be on a FaceTime and I know who I'm talking to because their voices are unique to me and they live with me and I'm their dad and we talk and we converse. But at the end of the day, if God forbid something happens, I get locked up and I don't see my daughters for years. I might be walking down the street and hear somebody say that. And I, I might not know it's them cause I haven't seen them in so many years. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I actually, there might be a little bit of static from what I once knew when they were five and three, right? So like the same thing happens with God. It's like, if I'm not engaging with the word that is the way he communicates, then it's going to be a lot harder. Like a lot of people want these divine things. It's kind of goes back to the same point, like with the, with the business itself. Like I, I want this divine outcome. Like why he don't talk. It's like, but you're not doing what his words say to do for you to hear or connect. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to put it in that work to, to build that relationship, right? Like you can still love God. Don't get it twisted. But if you want to grow, it ain't for God. God can't get bigger. He's almighty. We are the ones that want the growth. You feel me? It's like, I, I can be married to my wife on paper. If I don't come home ever, Listen. the relationship is going to weaken, right? Like, yeah, I can nominally still be married, but it doesn't mean the relationship is strong. Right. I know married couples that are living in separate rooms. Guess what? The relationship is very weak. It's very fragile because they sleep in separate rooms, even though nominally they're still married. The same thing is with God. It's like I, I can't expect like, yeah, I still love him. But if I'm not talking to him, if I'm not communicating with him, I'm not loving on him. I'm not being intimate with him. You got to expect there's going to be some weakness there when I'm trying to like tap into like this deep revelation. And I think it kind of translates to this situation. Like I feel like I spend time with him, 
and I've sacrificed time with them. If that means I got to get up earlier than my girls and my wife, then that's what I got to do. If that means I stay up later than them, that's what I got to do. And, you know, but that's because I care about that, right? You got to want it. You got to have a passion for it. You got to care about it. And, 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 and that's how you can clarify that. But not to make this too much in a Bible study or a spiritual lesson, I think that when we're talking from a business and entrepreneurial standpoint, I think there are tons of successful entrepreneurs who have no relationship with God, right? And I know some people would, would counteract that. What I just said was like, well, what if somebody woke up and felt the need or passion to go with something? Don't get it twisted. God is not going to cross his word. And his, his gifts, his talents, they come without repentance. So he's not going to take them from anybody. He doesn't, he's not going to, you know, there's earthly principles we can still follow that he's put in order that whether you're saved or not saved, it's still going to bring fruit on the earth, right? Certain work ethics, certain passions, certain, certain things that you listen to, certain instinct he put into us. It's just that some people are not attributing it to come from him. Right. That makes sense. So it's certain people that know that they're passionate about something and they can see a need. They can detect that there's a need in this area, whether it's technology, whether it's fashion, whether it's industries, right? Now, I see that this need is there. I know I have this gift and they're passionate about fixing that. They go after it mm-hmm. and they believe that they are meant to be successful in it. So whether you attribute it, let's say I have a listener that's, that's on right now, sis, because I, I pray that you build a following that's saved and unsaved, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can have a, 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 a conversations that the unsaved need to hear. But if somebody unsaved that's listening, Yo, you might not say, oh, I speak to God. I know what God sounds like. I don't believe or I think he's there, but I don't think he cares about me. I'll say this. Pay attention to what you're passionate about. Pay attention to what frustrates you and find the need in that thing that you can contribute to fixing. That's usually where it starts. If you're not, if you don't have anything that you're addressing or fixing, more than likely it's, it's going to be hard to be successful at anything because a lot of us are answers. I heard Bishop um, Jake say this one time where we walk around as like questions looking for an answer and that's how we waste most of our lives. Mm-hmm. But we're really answers that should be looking for our question. Woo, okay, yes. That was a good one. You got to answer We'll minimize, yeah, we'll minimize, we'll minimize time wasted doing things for other people's dreams when we start looking for our questions. So when it comes to like your podcast, it's like, yeah, a lot of people doing podcasts, of course, they should be. We're in a, communica- a communicative world that's filled with technology. They're supposed to be doing podcasts. Don't be threatened by the amount of people doing podcasts. The question is, what does my podcast bring that's unique? It don't matter if I've got a lot of followers right now. It don't matter if I've got a lot of listeners. Let's just answer the organic question. Is there something I'm giving that other podcasts aren't giving? Right? Am I addressing what is going on in the world that everybody's talking about? but bringing a unique perspective based on my experience or based on my faith or based on my walk, that then will give you, then then you start to draw your tribe, your people that are, that want to hear you. It starts getting narrowed down for you and streamlined towards what you're supposed to do. That was, listen, that was a lot of, that was a lot of keys. Was um, heavy. <laughs> I was just like, I was trying to like jot some things down so I could like follow back. Um, but one thing that that came up because you kind of like did like a double a double question because I was going to say what advice would you give? Um, but one <laughs> one piece of advice that I feel like I I would take from it is to pay attention to your passions because I do believe that when you pay attention to the thing that motivates you 
to the thing that uh, gives you reason to wake up in the morning, like, and figure out how you can make that a lifestyle, that is truly where you'll find some kind of solace in this world, because it's crazy in any streets. Like, to not have, like, a peace of mind somewhere, it, it, it really is crazy. However, I guess my next question, and either one of you can answer this, is, like, even though we find solace in the things that we're passionate about, that does not eliminate the stressors of some of our passions because things take time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am a social worker, so that in itself is like, you know, you're trying to heal people and have an understanding that you can't heal everybody. Um, and so like in the midst of this being a place of peace for me, there are times where I'm heavily like, what did I get myself into? And so like, how do you, has that happened for either one of you, um, in starting this business where you're just like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just leave this alone. Cause I must've made a mistake. This is too much. Um, I'm out. Cause I've definitely said that one too many times in my career. And so I want to know, like in the business <laughs> aspect, um, has that manifested? And if it has, how did you deal with it? Um, so yeah, it definitely has manifested, I think, with any endeavor, any new venture that we take on as people, not like us personally, any new venture that you look to get into, there's there's going to be those those questions and those doubtful moments and those moments of fatigue and frustration and exhaustion. Um, for me personally, as my husband stated, this was his vision. So when he told me about it, when he told me about the dream, it wasn't necessarily something like God gave this to me for us. It was more like, yo, God gave this to me and I don't know what to do with it. You know, I'm still praying for more clarity and things like that. So I was more of a listening ear um, than I was a partner. And, you know, as we got clarity on the vision over time, I became more hands-on. But, you know, as was also mentioned before, we're only a year old. Um, So a lot of our products, all of our products (laughs) are... um, self-funded you know they're out of pocket from our you know our our jobs and things like that but it it gets hard when your vision is big and transparently like you don't have all the resources to fund the size of your vision so it's like releasing one product at a time um you know because we want to give like i said before we want to give the quality of product that we said we're going to give so if we're going to be an alternate luxury brand guess what y'all are not going to get a screen printed Fruit of Loom shirt. And that's no shade to anybody who does have those kind of brands or those, you know, those clothing lines, but that's not our vision. That's not our mission. So, you know, the research into finding the right types of fabrics and the right manufacturers who can um, execute the vision of a design that we have and staying up late accounting inventory, you know, we're a two, two person team. Um, and, you know, just everything that goes into building and running, um, the Instagram page, you know, wanting to be relatable and having people like it and want to share posts. It's just, just every factor that you could possibly think of is exhausting. And this is, you know, and especially because this is not like our only, it's not the only thing that we do. <laughs> we, we do we wear so many other hats and just putting your all into it, wanting it to be successful and wanting to be consistent. You know what I mean? And listen, it's not some, it has crossed my mind. Like maybe I should just tell him 
you know, this was your vision. <laughs> God didn't wake me up out of my sleep. This ain't for me. But I do believe that this is a venture that God gave to my husband as the head of our household as something that will create generational wealth for our family, some, a legacy that we can leave for our children, something that they can be proud of, something that, you know, maybe take over one day. Um, but listen, it gets hard. It gets stressful. It is time consuming. There have been plenty of late nights, plenty of early mornings, plenty of sacrifices, needless to say, but um, it's something that we believe will grow, that will continue to grow. So we're going to keep running. We're not going to stop. Keep on running. I'm mm. from Brownsville, so you know, never ran, never will. Never will. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Uh, we running out here. Um, I think I think what both of you have shared thus far is like so important, especially touching on that generational wealth. I actually recorded with a financial social worker on the podcast as well, and we talked about like tied in and putting back in the church and like building generational wealth because God does not want us to live like the paycheck to paycheck or you know struck that's not that's not what he has for us like he has riches right. and glory and all of that and it's like he gives us that access and I thought about what you just said Deshaun about like being connected to the word like knowing you know, particular scriptures is just to call out in your prayer, just to like, you know, solidify mm -hmm. it. Like knowing I, and I grew up Kojic. So, you know, we always read Malachi 3, 8 through 10 when it was time to tithe. So I know that off the top <laughs> of my head, like I can repeat that. And every time I get my tithes, I know I'm bringing this into the storehouse, you know, cause right. <laughs> right. So, um, I think what everything that you guys have said and how it just like all is coming together shows that when God gives you something, it, it becomes clear. If it's not clear in the beginning, it becomes clear as you begin to, like, that's just... the work in, right? Yeah. And you just keep talking to God. Like, and I feel like we have an idea of how we need to address God. Um, and sometimes it's just real as being like, yo, what's up? Like, is this for me or not? Because... Yeah. I, you know, you know, people telling me I'm good at this, but, you know, I don't be... You're seeing them like that. labor. <laughs> It's like, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I'm kind of stressed out, guy. Like, so I, I, so I just think, like, this was just, like, a very, like, real thing. I don't, well, let me ask you guys, because I don't want to assume, and I don't want listeners to, like, you know, think I'm assuming something. What, what does your conversation with God look like? So I don't, I don't know if I'm asking for, like, that Sierra prayer in the version of, like, Sierra <laughs> prayer for businesses. <laughs> um, but, like, what does that <laughs> prayer life look like? Um, are you guys tarrying? Like, what is it? Like, is it as simple as just having a conversation or does it have to get complex? Or is it like both? I'll go first because I think my answer is going to be shorter. <laughs> so, um, for me, I always ask God to like give my husband clarity and direction and vision because this was his vision um, that God gave, the, gave him the seed for. But I do pray that we stay humble as we grow. I do pray that we um, always stay stay true to our mission and not be like swallowed up by the world and what we think we're supposed to do, what we think we're supposed to put out. Just staying true to who we are and what we know our mission as Free the Souls Clothing is. Um, we, uh, I always pray for increase. I pray that we reach the hands of the people who need the message of the brand. You know what I mean? Um, even if they don't, 
become consumers, just people who might need to see a post of encouragement, someone who might need the message behind um, a t-shirt or uh, an accessory piece because everything that we put out is not just to be cute, but everything we put out is message-based. Um, so those are some of the, the main things that I focus on when um, I'm in my prayer time about it, about the brand. Um, I guess I'll jump in. Uh, I, I don't necessarily, honestly, like, how do I put this? I think me and God are intimate. Um, I think I'm one with him. He's one with me. Um, he dwells in me through the power of, of the Holy Ghost. Um, that's how he lives in me. Um, I have structure to like my prayer life with him. Sorry if I'm getting choppy. It's like, I'm trying to figure out the right way to put this. Um, I have structure to my prayer life as far as like one, making sure it happens daily. Um, two, making sure I prioritize it before anything else. I don't pick up my phone and check my notifications and stuff like that. I don't see what people are messaging me unless like I'm late. You know what I'm saying? Like alarm clock when I'm like, oh shoot, I, I missed something, and then I got to respond and something like that. Like rational, but for the most part. Um, I, I pray and, and talk to God and meditate on his word before I even put like food in my body um, in the mornings. So I actually take that time to do that first. But the reason I kind of started to trip up with the answers is because the, I think the good thing about our faith is that um, there's no disrespect to my Muslim brothers. There's no disrespect to any other faiths or anything like that. Um, my Judaistic brothers and sisters. Um, uh, but the Bible tells me to pray without ceasing. And, um, my, my my window of communication remains open. I never limit God to just the time that I spend getting on my knees in the morning or getting on my knees at night. I actually create intimacy. You know what I mean? Like when you're married and when you're in a relationship um, with your loved one, significant other, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we know we're going to eat dinner at 730. And there's other times I might be like, yo, get dressed. Let's go out to eat tonight. Right? It might be times I'm I'm driving, coming home from somewhere, and I say, yo, let me pass this store because I know her favorite snack is in there. Let me go in there and get that snack and surprise her when I come home, right? Those things make our relationship stronger and make us fall deeper in love with one another um, because we know each other. And I keep the window open of when I can do something sweet. It doesn't have to be Valentine's Day or your birthday or your anniversary. I might just pop up with a new pair of shoes tonight just because if that's how I feel, right? I think the kind of same, uh, uh, a similar intimacy happens with God, the flexibility where I might be in my car chilling and I might be moved to talk to him where I might be at the studio working on some music and me and my producer decide we're going to pray over the product that we about to put out, right? Like that flexibility creates a certain level of intimacy because sometimes those stringent structures can can limit mm -hmm. authenticity, yeah. right? Like those five times a day that a Muslim might pray like, yo, I actually exceed that because I talk to him whenever I feel like it because right. that's why the veil was torn. He's my father and I can go before the throne in the name of Christ Jesus when I'm ready or when I feel like it. So I might exceed that by double, by triple in one day just because. I might just want to walk and say thank you while I'm walking to the store, right? 
I think those things keep you connected with the divine. It makes you one with his creation. It makes you one with his power. It makes your body energized to do more impactful things for people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and you can't overlook people when it comes to connection with God, right? A lot of times our connection with God gets stronger by how we are serving people, the things we do for people, the way we counsel people, the way we pray for people, the way we love on people. And that's actually devotion time for me too. When I'm caring about somebody that I know God cares about, or when I'm doing something for people that I know God cares about, that's devotion for me. That's, that's sacrifice. That's living sacrifice. Um, so I know that answers a lot of questions spiritually. And I know that like, that covers not just the business, but I think what happens is in turn, as Psalms 84 says, I believe is verse 11. It says, um, no good thing will he withhold from those that up, walk upright. And sometimes the fruit that you're looking for in one area comes because you sow seed in somewhere, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So continuing to pray, continuing to stay active, continuing to love people, continuing to be genuine with people um, and serve people. You start seeing fruit in other areas like, oh, wait, how many orders we got today? Oh, shoot. I didn't even know. Y'all. You know, <laughs> so um, your prayer life is very connected. But at the same time, there are certain principles transparently that you can still find fruitfulness with your business with um, that may not be connected to spirituality. So I want to make sure that that's clear too. like, don't overlook the work ethic. Don't overlook the passion and the drive to just work hard and be determined to, to, to make a difference in whatever it is that you do. Oh, y'all, y'all gave some good keys today. Oh, I got the keys, the keys, the keys. I got the and keys. And for my listeners, listen, he gave y'all some, he gave y'all some, um, some scriptures in there. So, uh, Use that as a as a low key Bible study time anyway. Um, <laughs> so before um, I close out, um, I want you guys to give me. I don't know how realistic is it is, but I'm going to push you, push your thinking. Um, <laughs> and, and if you can close out with where we can find you guys. And one word for the aspiring entrepreneurs out there to help them in maybe their season of discouragement. What is one word for aspiring entrepreneurs who may be feeling discouraged or just getting their feet wet and where we can find you? Ooh, that's tough. I don't know where they can find Yeah, you. let me tell you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of my words. So even if he goes first, come back to me. Um, yeah, so find us on Instagram at Free the Souls Clothing, Facebook at Free the Souls, um, our website www.freethesoulsclothing.com. Um, yeah, share the page, like the page, follow the page, everything to the page, to the website. <laughs> yeah, um, let me think of my words. Here you go. One word or like one parting statement. I can do both. I just want to know what I, I want to make sure say, I understand. I'll just say either or. It could be one word or one parting statement. Um, study. Study to show thyself approved. Um, I don't just mean that with scripture. I mean that with your business. Study your craft. Study your industry. Study what you want to do so that you can be as knowledgeable about it as possible and make the best decision for your company. All right, so my word is going to be work. Um, you can believe 
and then I'm drawn to the scripture, faith without works is dead. You can believe that God gave you the vision. You can believe that you're going to grow. You can believe that you're going to get the orders. You can believe that you're going to have to quit your job and this is going to be your only source of income. But if you don't put that work in, it's not going to happen by osmosis. You have to make those sacrifices and just be willing to put in the work that it takes to grow and be successful and establish yourself. Mm, work and study. So for my listeners, you already heard the keys that were given. If you didn't catch them, you just take your finger and you drag back that little circle and listen again, because I'm not going to make them repeat it. Uh, so just run it on back. Thank you so much for tuning in to um, another episode of Stay Sanctified and Still Trying to Get It Together. And I hope to be with you again um, for my next episode. Peace. God is good.